Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 221, episode 5 of Dirt Daily's Eyegeister yeah. production of iHeartRadio. This is the podcast where we take a deep dive into American shared consciousness, and it is Friday, January 28th, 2022, uh, which of course means that it is national. Oh, oh you don't know? Cameron <laughs> would say it's Ooh. National Big Wig Day, it's National, national Kazoo Day. And data privacy day. I think that one's probably a little more important. Mm, I I like a big wig every once in a while. You now, know, okay, do I'm you think it's putting on a big wig or being like, yo, check out this big wig? I, it made me think of your uh, blonde wig. And oh, yeah, That's yeah, one of yeah. my favorite big wigs in the in the business. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I call yeah, that my man. confidence cap. <laughs> Such my a blonde good look. wig. Yeah, it helps me not get pulled over at night. <laughs> I'll put that shit on. I'm good money. Yeah. <laughs> Although, have you ever been pulled over and the guy's like uh, looking for your number or whatever? Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's like, hey there. Uh, so I'm like, yo. <laughs> or he's like, oh my God, I'm sorry, sir. I didn't realize you were a, a blue blooded American with blonde hair. I'm like, thank you. I will be on my way, officer. All right. Well, my name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Jack O'Brien podcaster are you as chug as they say you are that is an old one from Stuart thomas back in the uh, aka archives shout out to you yes i'm going back to the chug aks because yeah. now i'm just saying it's a uh, it's a good opportunity for anybody who wants to get an aka in because uh they, you're in the mood yeah and and things have been slow on twitter also i don't check discord so you posted an AK on Discord. I I did not see it. Anyways, I'm thrilled to be joined by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray. Okay, well, me no conversation with the apes. Zycoin, all my tokens, non-fungible tokens. Zycoin, I just <laughs> want the paper. Zycoin, all my crypto flavor. Zeitcoin, 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 Zeitcoin. Okay, thank you to JB Given on the Discord for that Damn. wonderful Schoolboy Q themed NFT, aka you know I love Schoolboy Q. He's he's probably you know low key he's one of my favorites at TV. I mean I love Ken too, but one Schoolboy Q talks to me as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to Schoolboy Q. Has he dropped anything in a while? That album's so fucking good. It's been a minute. Blankface. Yeah, blankface. All right. Well, Miles, we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat by a hilarious stand-up comedian, comedy writer, actor, and fashion icon. Yeah. Uh, whose shirts are available at GuaranteeShirts.com. Including 420 Day Fiance merch. Yeah, yeah. It's one of our favorite all-time TTZ guests. One of your favorite all-time TTZ guests. The brilliant, the talented, the raw, the major, Caitlin Gay! <laughs> Welcome to the skate park. I'm old. I'm my break bones. Uh, it's me, Skatlin Wilf, uh, your favorite roller skating what's grandma. New, what's new, Skatlin? What's new is everything. I have, um, yeah, life is very different. Every time we speak, there are changes. You know, life, the yeah. river of time, it flows forward and we all flow with the river. Mm-hmm. But boy, yeah, when we check in, it's like different locale, different scene. Yeah. But yeah, I'm in my new house. I have a new house in my uh, bizarre desert compound. Whoa. Yep, yep. yep. Oh, we're going to talk about compounds today. Oh, yeah, I'm compounded. I'm fully ready. Yeah. If you hear some booms, it's because I'm marine base adjacent. So if you want an indicator as to the threat level in terms of our global situation, they're they're dropping stuff for fun out in the desert again. Oh, wow. But yeah, that's where um, things are great. I've painted my hair, remodeling stuff. I can do miter cuts now. I'm a true, I yeah. What's a miter cut? I'm laying baseboards in our home. And uh, to achieve a seamless look at corners Damn. and to merge pieces when they are not long enough. You cut wow. them at a 45 degree angle and then you uh, miters fit them together. I'm I, I'm asleep. Uh, I just put myself to sleep. <laughs> but I can do it. I can functionally do it. I can and, and we were both acting like we knew because we have no like tangible right. work skills. We're like, oh, yeah, you got it at the 45. Uh, the miter. Yeah, yeah the I just didn't know how you did your miter cuts. Who would he is? Like, which, miter, uh, you know, sure. then, the, then the salt. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. yeah, yeah. Miter. <laughs> is that Jessica Fletcher behind you holding a Oh, it is. Gun? Yes. Yeah. You know it's it. uh, That's that's a good old JB. 
So Caitlin has a background of Jessica Fletcher from Murder She Wrote, and is I didn't know is there an episode where she pulls she's squeezing off that she she holds that yeah thing on you know I'm kind of deep in season one right now I feel like this is this particular <laughs> still is from a credit sequence but I think it's later on in the series when she's like teaching a class and for effect pulls out a gun oh, okay. as if she was and then it bangs it has it just has the bang coming out the like little flag that says bang oh yeah Joker style I feel like it's barely visible in my zoom right maybe if I rotate my oh god everything's oh yep yeah oh there it is oh yeah. there it is I see the bang yeah, this uh, is awesome it's Joker style bang for everyone listening but it will tease you into looking up Jessica Fletcher with a gun that says bang and it's worth it it'll make your day it's a pretty delightful <laughs> Jessica Fletcher the original Joker if you ask me first of all <laughs> Mass murder, she, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She lives in a town that has the highest per capita murder rate in the history of Anywhere. towns, I think. Yeah. Of uh, our birth. Yeah. Yeah. That was one Have of the cove. first articles I wrote at Cracked was talking about the most dangerous fictional towns to live in. And Cabot Cove <laughs> topped the list. <laughs> I'm not surprised. But yeah, I mean, there's one common factor to all these crimes, and it's that she's around. <laughs> right. So mm. what hmm. she's like, oh, somebody better investigate. It's like, do you ever think that she's murking these people and then trying to clean up her steps or being like, I'm going to look into this. <laughs> the clues that are left behind are like, are like, I left my hat at the scene of the crime level. <laughs> uh, so it's, it's like, I mean, either the this is just geographically the like happens to be the worst criminals uh, the worst murderers to ever do it, it's or so she's bad at framing people. <laughs> well, that, so part of the, the murder she wrote situation is that there's almost a confession at the end of the episode. So, like, yeah. they're not supposed to believe she's the killer because we almost hear from the killer's perspective what they did and why they did it. And I just yeah. finished watching one because I just listen to television while I'm working. So I just have listened to a recent episode in which a bus driver killed a man twice to hide the fact that he killed him the first time. So we got two confession scenes. <laughs> And I'm, I'm so sorry for spoiling this 40-year-old television show, but that is the outcome. It was Ben Gibbons, the breast driver. That's who did it. Yeah. But yeah, boy, when you come around to a second confession scene that Jessica Fletcher has teased out of someone by by hook and by crook, it is, right. man, yeah. what a formula. You know, yeah. it's, what a show. Don't and... let me talk about it. I will keep talking. You have to, physically, most people have to physically restrain me from continuing to discuss murder she wrote. So and Jessica Fletcher, in her own way, uh, like the Joker, they both proved the pen is miter. You know? The pen is miter. Yeah, oh, yeah. In many ways. <laughs> She'll cut you at a 45 degree <laughs> angle, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, Caitlin, we are going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we are going to tell our listeners a couple of things we're talking about. We might be seeing a second wave of colonization of the Americas happening from anti-vax people, anti, mm -hmm. like right-wing uh, white supremacists and Nazis being like, we got to find, got to find our own, found our own colonies. Yeah, so we're going to look at that. Nazis hitting South America 2.0. <laughs> exactly. We're going to look at that. We're going to look at how it went in the past for them. Hopefully they're not listening and... Or maybe, hopefully, they yeah. are. I don't know. It would be funny to see them fuck themselves up in new creative ways, but probably not good for the locations that they're going to. No. We're going to talk about the great train robbery story that the LAPD is trying to get the mainstream media to pick up, and not just trying, successfully, successfully uh, yeah. getting them hook, hook, line, and sinker. So we'll talk about why that's bullshit. We'll talk about blockbuster video, all of that. Plenty more, but before we get to it, Caitlin, we do like to ask our guests, what is something from your search history? I looked up the history of the Husky brand of tools with sincere interests and read mm. the Wikipedia with uh, and went, hmm, like enough that I, I learned a lot about myself. Yeah. As I handed home remodel. Oh, so I didn't realize that it was an exclusively Home Depot brand. Oh. I guess I didn't notice that as I am a patron of other hardware stores. I just hadn't found my Husky, but I just, it was one of those things where like, I'm so successfully drawn to the, the item that it's like, why is this marketing working successfully on my brain? Like, what right. is it about this line of tools that like, I also buy Ryobi tools, which are mm -hmm. like, are you a beginner? Like, do you not right. have tools? Like, right. Perhaps. There's just one step above the Fisher Price tool set. <laughs> it, like. it really is. <laughs> it's a Fisher Price, then, then the Ikea drill, then the Ryobi one. 
and I'm not coming for them. They work. I've gotten my miter cuts done, but Husky is. I just Kirkland always brand tools for Home Depot. Sort of for Home Depot, yeah, and they've been uh-huh. like bought and sold around by other companies, et cetera. But that now they are exclusively a Husky or excuse me, a Home Depot product. And the thing that got me that I had to laugh at myself out loud was learning that there <laughs> is a, a higher tier of Husky called Husky Pro. And just being like, oh, where do you find, whoa, oh. well, what's up? what other quality can you list out? Perhaps compare the products side by side in some kind of, yeah, just, um, it. it's something I did before I realized what I was doing and then was all the way through it and was just like, did I just look up? Did I really just learn that HDX brand of tools and supplies is also a Home Depot exclusive, but does not have a lifetime warranty as Husky tools do? Right, right, right. But yep. I just got a bunch of clamps, Caitlin, because my my three-year-old broke one of our doors, like a cabinet (laughs) door. Sorry. It's just hanging on it, just split it right down the middle. I was able to glue it back together with the power of clamps and (laughs) felt very accomplished. Yeah, that's a satisfying repair. It was very satisfying repair. The The YouTube video I learned it from said that it's now stronger than it was before the repair, before he broke it. So now your three-year-old can swing off it willy-nilly. With yeah, no, yeah. No so f- now we're just using it as like a playground. <laughs> 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 but yeah. And then uh, tell me what you think of this, returning the tool after you've done the job. Wow. Oh, bold move. I mean, it, I get attached. Is that something you do? <laughs> it's something my wife is trying to get me to do because well, she's like, you're never going to do this again. Like, get, you know, they do have in certain communities have tool libraries. I mean, that is you a should look up idea. a tool library because that's that's a cool thing you can do. I know um, I like some people in Berkeley that they're like, oh, I got to go by the tool library. I'm like, the fuck? And it's like, wow. yeah, you can check out a fucking tool because I know you're going to need that miter again, family. Maybe not. You know who does want you to know about that tool library? Home Depot and Husky. Yeah, I mean, Home Depot is a terrible company. I am just yeah, trapped I mean, in their services. Right. I, it has been, you know, there's not a lot of, you just do what you, what can what I you can out in the desert. live? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. And look, if you're indirectly funding Donald Trump and other conservatives, then you, you know, maybe oh, what you a shock. used Husky. I'm right. doing that every, literally, how can I not? As there's not, as every yeah. little piece of paper that is money leaves my hands, it goes in the, I can't. <laughs> Somehow you're like, damn that it, part. that too. <laughs> I, yeah, yes, yeah, exactly. So yeah, what what can be done? But at least I try to look library. really gay when I go to Home Depot. I really try to gay it up. I'll just like, I try to make <laughs> the overalls rocking? mean something else. I just really impressively <laughs> like, can I butch out this hair harder? Oh, is this car hurt? Yes, it is, sir. We are wearing the same sweatshirt. Really right. get into it. And I'm paint stained. I look like I work like they're torn. They're snagged. I like, yeah, they yeah. do yeah, look like garments that have been worked in. They're sufficiently dirty, yeah. which is another measure of pride. Yeah, of course. But I'm not alone in this move. The small town strut of the gay through Home Depot is a, you know, and you you come with whatever flair you got. <laughs> I really appreciate it as we pass one another and give the silent nod as we say okay, nothing aloud mm-hmm. as what it might rouse the anger of those around us. We just acknowledge what we have done <laughs> and then move on. There it is. What is uh, what something you think is overrated? Overrated greeting cards that do too much. Mm. Why are they singing? Why are they lighting up? Why are they so busy? Oh. Like ones with electronics. With so much electronics. It's overwhelming. Like, I, so this is me being old. All of this is me being old. I'm just old. Yeah, no And worries. I have, a, you know, greeting cards serve the purpose of like, oh, that was sweet. And then you put it away for a very long time. And then maybe later in your life when you are moving or cleaning, you get that moment again of like, oh, remember when that was sweet? And then you put it away again. And then maybe you get that opportunity one more time down the road. The existence on the mantle is perhaps a short-lived or whatever a mantle equivalent is in your life. Is that be at the fridge, be at a counter. Mm-hmm. The display of a card is a joyful occasion until in the middle of the night, it just screams at you. Right. Because it has been knocked over, touched delicately, blown <laughs> by the gentle wind of a fan. I don't need one more thing that alights. I just, every electronic object in my life is like, did you want me to glow at night? And it's like, I absolutely did not. I want to be able to turn you off entirely in a way that does not mean you glow at me. And it's like, well, I'm plugged in, yeah. so I'm glowing. And it's like, can I not? <laughs> you open it my house and, and just lasers. Like, yes, like, ah, yeah, everywhere. <laughs> my eyes. <laughs> I definitely identify with the, with the dying card thing because like I get sentimental, so I'll keep cards and things of like course. that. And when I moved, like, 
from a spot. I had this like someone got me like a fucking Pokemon card that had a fucking like voice box thing to it. And I forgot about it for like a year (laughs) until it was like dying. So it just sounded like. And I was like, what? Celebrate. Yeah, like, but coming from like where I was storing shit and deep in a box. I, for a second, I was like, no, no, what is this? What is this? <laughs> no, 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 no. I no, actually no. figured, I'm like, wait, no, it has to be that card. And I had that same thing. I'm like, why do we do this? It's so many fine. of them. It was, it didn't, it used to be like top rope. That was the $7 card. You were spending a lot of money. This was a special, yeah. this was a 10 year old's birthday. This was a big deal card. Right. But now it's like three rows of just like, I scream at you when you open at me and then something punches you in the face. And I'm like, I'm right. actually cool on all of that. I need none of that. <laughs> and this is so specific, but the box of cards that you have that is, it's just car- all the cards are card shaped and they all fit together as cards some might be mm. a little taller maybe a little longer or whatever but in general they lay flat with another the introduction of an electronic component is just like well now everybody's it's like the dvd cases that aren't just dvd cases so they stick right. out in your shelf yeah that we right. all used to have that nobody has anymore. the simpsons ones were so annoying the simpsons seasons the, that were yes, shaped they were very the cool problem. but and it was annoying because, and yeah. now they're stored all wonky like you can't yeah. Yeah. Just make greeting cards do less. That's Although that was there. smart because they would get separated from the other ones. And now <laughs> I've thrown away all my other DVDs, but my Simpsons ones are still like just scattered around the house in various pieces. <laughs> right. I have like a Big Lebowski DVD that's in a bowling ball. And I'm like, how the fuck am I supposed to put this on a What shelf? am I meant to do? Like, you serious? <laughs> and I'm exactly who's like, ooh, I want that. Gets it and then brings it oh, yeah. home. And it's like, well, now what? And I made I'm no like, plan for you, this. bowling ball. I had no contingency plan for that. What is the, like, a, that's got to be, I wonder how much of a revenue stream that is for, like, Sly and the Family Stone oh. and other, like, the greeting card revenue. Like, is Hallmark a big spender on, like, getting those rights? That's, like, big greeting card and big record company, which are probably both Unilever. Like, there's no... Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. I don't right. think artists are getting... <laughs> that's, like, lower than Spotify-level checks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What is something you think is underrated? So, again, I'm old, and I've themed all these around the fact that we are all relentlessly flowing through the river of time. I, compression wear of all sorts. I am wrapped in something that is meant to... It, improve a joint or do some task and for fingers or hands or wrists or knees or ankles or whatever at all times and they are underrated and they should become fashion why am i forced to choose weird black or gray like let's make my knee sleeve look sharp i'm saying give me Mm. some style let's put a little panache into the sleeve let's just embrace that everyone's knees would feel better should they be gently compressed right let's get on the bandwagon early why are we waiting until stairs hurt like get on board before let's make it a tr- like get it trending i mean we did yeah. it with leg warmer think of the trends that we as society have achieved we did the low-rise jean with a thong on purpose we did that in the same time period we did that weird camisole under t-shirts for three layers game right. i'm only speaking of women's fashion i believe just in this time every man was wearing a 3xl shirt for no reason at all you poor <laughs> fellows were swimming why were you swimming trucker has happened this was the organic yeah. trends that have just to hide my occurred. bony arms well, yeah, but I mean, now you can embrace your bony arm with a t-shirt. Yeah, now I love my like bony skin. arms. Yeah, we have made so many trends occur out of out of nothing. Let's make it right. happen for these. Let's give these joints a moment. Let's yeah. let them shine. I feel like you're on the brink of like a new Beats by Dre product. <laughs> you know, where right. somebody's like, "Why the fuck didn't I?" Every motherfucker, no one has good knees, right? <laughs> like after a certain point, yeah. fucking, and now Creeks let's just start hooking people up. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Sexy knee compression by Gilf, you know, whatever that is. That I is, can see it. I don't know. I can see like, yeah, just a way for it to work. Because I think everybody's stuck with the same like, like black on the outside, royal blue on the inside, or like black <laughs> on the outside, crimson red on the inside compression yeah. shit, or yellow. And you're like, come on, why can't the outside have a paisley pattern? You know, can we, like for uh, all the crips with knee problems. Give me a tartan. Let's yeah. see what we got. I mean... I'm just saying, there's an untapped potential there to perhaps capture visibly Velcro, like just the most visible. Oh, like, yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah. <laughs> this even if there's no Velcro, we want to make it look like it's put together with Velcro. Yeah, yeah. We can't. We can't. I don't want to push this to f- like, you know, this is a form versus function conversation. Like, 
sure, if yours needs Velcro, I'm just saying there's a designer out there that can make that fabulous. Yeah. Yeah. Or some kind of influencer that can wear an extra chunky knee brace and just be like, it looks good. All, and the whole world do, will be like, it looks good. And then we'll all You just get athletes brace. to do it because they already wear the shit. They do. I feel like and I so, am wearing an NBA player's like wardrobe, but for totally different reasons. <laughs> right. I mean, every, I mean, basketball shorts through time have been not played basketball in. This is not a new tradition. Mm -hmm. Right. But yeah, just like basketball players off the court, fashion. Some of the best young players, I think Morant wears some long compression hose under his shorts. I'm sure he doesn't call them compression hose, but that's so what they good. are. Joel Embiid also. I'm pretty sure Joel Embiid's are like keeping him together, like keeping his body together. But, like, <laughs> that's, yes. but I guess that's the hard part is like all those companies, they go after the athletes and they're like, here's seven million dollars to rock this shit. So right. we're going to need a. I think we just get a groundswell going. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I would gladly accept seven million dollars to wear compression gear if anybody's offering. You let <laughs> yeah. Me yeah. We're we're open to the conversation. We're not going to say no uh, outright. Okay. Right. Just FYI. <laughs> All right. Let's take a quick Husky break. Brand compression wear. We'll come back and talk about colonialism. And we're back. And Miles, you, you pulled this trend that I I was kind of vaguely aware of. I didn't know that it had gotten to this level that the European white supremacists are thinking about coming our way. Yeah. Yeah. Colonizing the Americas yet again. This is a really interesting one, right? So the there's many like right now in Western Europe, Germany, Austria, Switzerland, there's a lot of people who are like just, you know, fucking over everything. They're over the immigrants, you know, they're over the mandates, they're over the taxes and the EU, like just disenfranchising us. So they have looked, uh, you know, to Paraguay, OK, to get their find their new home and a website for one of the, you know, this community, uh, but really it's just a gigantic, weird settlement asks potential residents these questions just to get an idea of who they're trying to appeal to. Have you had enough of the preference given by economic refugees who are unwilling to integrate? Growing unease about the destruction of our culture and our homeland? Are you tired of paying taxes, tax audits, and the tax office? Do you no longer feel at home at home in Germany? Do you expect the overburdened social systems and internal order in Germany and Austria to collapse? Do you long for real freedom? Do you want to finally get out of the matrix? Well, if you answered yes to any of those questions, you may be interested in this really bizarre place that people have set up in Paraguay. They did capitalize matrix and put it in quotes, suggesting that they're talking about the movie. Like, do they mm. are is this aimed at people who just like can't haven't figured out how to stop watching the movie? I think I don't. It's hard to say. They're they're hate pilled either way. So. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> like, but they really are. It's like, huh? Yeah. It's it's a support group for people who are like, man, I gotta get out, man. Please, just I don't know where that thing is in the back of my head, so I can unplug myself from the matrix. I need yeah. to get out, sir. But yeah, these people are very serious, and you know, and so are the people that are even thinking about going to this place, and they're just. All over the place, right? They they've talked about like how they're trying to escape like five G vaccine mandates, fluoridated water, fucking chemtrails. Like all of these things are like straight up listed on their website. So it's very much like, hey, 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 you freaked out by everything and making stuff up too? Come on down. And the this area is owned by this couple named Irwin and Sylvia Anau. And they want to build a community, quote, large enough to preserve the culture of the individual ethnic groups, their language, values, as well as science and education. Right now, they want to draw 6,000 European immigrants to settle into a handful of small communities. Hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. That makes my stomach feel bad. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I think the trick here for them is that uh, the government in Paraguay, they they mandate that international travelers are vaccinated <laughs> to enter the country. So the some of these like, you know, wannabe colonists, they're now like exploring like land entry options. So, you know, because they don't want to buckle to the mandates or whatever. And also the free taxes part might be a problem because the government, I'm sure, is like, <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Right. You, you're just going to pull up. 
and you don't pay any tax. Okay, well, yeah, we can try that out. So yeah, there, there's there's many problems presented by this group. Yeah, and you know, Paraguay is one of the worst places for COVID because it has like a very impoverished healthcare system, and so you're going to send a bunch of unvaccinated people to go there and obviously die themselves, but probably burden the healthcare system there. Already oh, burdened healthcare system there, and uh, you know, get other people sick. Right, and the regional hospital there, where they're settled, they're settling, has one ambulance and no ICU beds. Okay, right. but you know, sadly, racists fleeing to this area is nothing new. I mean, fucking Joseph Mengele, uh, if you might remember him, the Auschwitz Angel of Death, he ended up becoming a naturalized citizen uh, in Paraguay. Paraguay? Like, uh, wow. Yeah, later on, because he bounced from like. Brazil, Argentina, you know how you know how that Nazi shuffle goes. Brazil, Argentina, <laughs> whatever you do, and you find out where you end up, uh, and that's where he ended up until his death in 1979. Or he he lived like sort of near the border, I believe. And also, a colony for Aryans is also not a new thing. Like Nietzsche's like sister and her husband, they built a place called Nueva Germania there, and it was a proto-fascist colony that they set up. Her husband died. And things just went really south as, quote, uh, Nueva Germania sank under the weight of financial problems, internal conflict and the settlers lack of agricultural knowledge. Mm -hmm. So I think that might be, you know, somewhat it could be a similar path, considering that when you think about the person for who's running this new place, Paraiso Verde, he's also talking about preserving the Germanic people's culture and keep them away from, quote, the presence of Islam. So, I mean, I do love any time these people want to put put their money on their on the line with the whole we're the superior form of humanity so we can like do anything and then go down there and like not be able to start a fire. Like, <laughs> let like alone, my like, back hurts from from hoeing, <laughs> right. from tilling. They're like, yeah, oh, we're fucked then. But yeah, do it in your own backyard. Try try and fucking start a start a garden before you go do this shit well also like the hypocrisy right of these people being like the damn immigrants won't assimilate so you're right. just gonna go immigrate somewhere to another country fucking not <laughs> to assimilate preserve your culture but not <laughs> there whatever your uh -huh. idea of your culture is uh cool 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 yeah it's but i feel like you know this is kind of a thing. I've heard this from other people like in the U.S. too, who are like kind of fringy, like, you know, anti-vax type people. Where it's like there's a deep down desire to be like, I just want to be a part of a community. Like, I just want to get out of the city and like, yeah. like live off the land. So I can see how this can sort of snowball into then people with money being like, we found this impoverished country. We've come like through bribes. We've created this other fucking, you know, nation within a nation like when we've paid we've bribed our way into sovereignty right yeah like the jonestown parallels are a little bit too much to just leave off the table because cults are yeah. cults and like it's simplistic to call something with such an influential global history as european racism a cult but part of what gets people today involved in these movements are the same tools that cults use to draw people into their movements. Mm -hmm. This, the language of like, are you alienated where you live? Do you think everyone else is wrong, but you're super right? Do you want to be with all the other people that know they're right too? Are all these things, A, B, and C defined clear, scary things scaring you too? Like, come on mm -hmm. over. The parallel to the language that convinces people to do something like leave it all behind to go to do backbreaking labor they are utterly incapable of doing in land they have no understanding of at all is um, it's not dissimilar. Yeah, their page, you know, is sort of saying like, you know, we've got the skills and people involved. We have a 3D printer for alternate. Oh, they always say that housing. shit. So did Owen yeah. Benjamin told you that you're going to be fine living off a van in his weird land. You're going to die <laughs> out there. Don't go. But the fact that like Jonestown is like, you know, the, this was a sort of left-leaning vision of a paradise that was insidiously evil and led by a maniac. You can use the language on either side. Like, right. No, absolutely. This, where it all meets in the terrifying middle is like taking advantage of people's alienation. There's like the fact that you are also racist says something terrible about you that is different. But the fact that you are vulnerable to these like, you know, really transparent, manipulative tactics right. <laughs> is just... Yeah. 
we talk a lot on this show about like how there's just such a utter like we, just community the a thing that like is kind of invisible and not really well articulated in like our literature or whatever like it, it's not a thing that really gets studied that much but like it is an absolute human need to have community and like you know family relations and friends and you know it's probably what better documented in other cultures but in america exactly. it's just like not so much we're all atomized profit centers that are like trying to build brands i feel like i'm making up his name because it was i'm guessing it's ron johnson and it is but his name is ron johnson a senator and i don't even know if this clip was new but i kind of feel like it was just it, like watched a video of a senator senator saying like i've never really thought that it was society's responsibility to help pay for other people's children he was talking right. about like benefits for kids and just the like you know, the talking point way in which you said it, where we're all supposed to go, yeah, it's not our responsibility. As if raising children isn't definitively communal job. Right. In almost every other culture that's ever been. And I say that hating kids and having none of my own. It's great that you have yours. Keep having them. They're great. I just can't. They, I don't know how to. But that's wonderful. If you want, I don't want to. But I'm glad that you no, do. And I would participate worst, positively with you in doing yeah. it. Like, I will high five with them. I will smile at them in the market. And I would assist you in raising them because I'm part of a community. But that sense that our leaders hold or that our sort of culture runs with that like, no, no, that's not up to me. And that, I mean, well, right yeah. back to this community that's like, these immigrants that want to assimilate. It's like, do you mean these people that you live in a world with? Do you mean right. the people you share our one and only glove with that are now in your community that you are now right. in a relationship with? Right. It's all forms of trying to deny the interconnectedness, right? It's like, well, then if I do this, then I'm, I, I'm not beholden to mandates or whatever, but you probably are unless you've completely you know you could completely control the government or something like that yeah and yeah it's it's yeah <laughs> it's like a visceral i i feel like this and like even the stuff we were talking about with the nfts and like them being like having rituals where they're like good morning and good night to one another like oh, and so yeah it's like really sad and sweet but it's like everyone's lonely because yeah. we've replaced like these cultural and you know community-based relationships with social media that is a like monetizable like monetized thing algorithm like we are looking elsewhere for like what we used to get from community and people are making money and getting power out of that, I think. Right. And it's odd when you have senators be like, it's not our responsibility to do that. And they have to articulate that to be able to say that, like, well, that's why the policies are like that, because I'm saying that's the norm. But, you know, you look at what happens when natural disasters strike. Human beings typically are like, yeah, I let's figure out how to help each other. Like, yeah, you know, exactly. you read more stories than not when when shit's really going down. People do figure out, no. I'm willing to help. I understand. I can only imagine what it's like for someone, you know, who doesn't have the ability to like traverse the snow or whatever. And I can. So therefore, I'll help. That's where it, it, it's a, it becomes a little bit sticky, too, because, you know, even if the if the rhetoric is just completely inhumane, there's we still quite luckily we still haven't crossed that point where our instincts are now telling us get the fuck away from me, needy person. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we man. do that on some level, but you know, it's but I think the the only thing is in extreme situations, it tends yes. to come out more when it's literally in front of our face. When yeah. right. that like our neighbor's house is on fire, we will probably go help our neighbor even if we hate them. <laughs> right. Even it is a rare them. person that will let like their neighbor just like perish in a fire, giggling outside <laughs> their burn. lawn. Like, right. and you could really hate that neighbor. But yeah, on a larger scale, the neighbor we can't see down the street, oh, they're starving and we just don't pay any attention. But that's a different conversation right. <laughs> but, and sort of a yeah. human condition. But yeah. like the the like the racism spice is just so terrifying that othering like at this and this fragile point in our weird history is it's an interesting, horrifying thing to watch, like, yeah. The deliberate dehumanization that is almost necessary to function yeah. in a society where 4,000 people die of a disease that we just have football games and still like, yeah, it's there's a level of disconnect that's happening on a grander scale that we are seeing reflected more readily in that 
smaller individual scale where racists yeah. are just like, yeah, I'm racist and I'm going to Paraguay. Like, <laughs> that's a big step. That's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do feel. Yeah, I do feel like the truth is ultimately like on the side of like 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 you were saying like the the fact that people in like after hurricanes will like look out for one another but then you have like the police coming in and like arresting and shooting people like it's it's like the very basic like most human instinct is the right one and it's the kind one it's just we have these like very persistent and profitable uh, institutions in place but that does at least I'm glad you brought that up about the natural disasters because that is like kind of a thing that can give you a little bit of hope is that like you know they're going to keep coming up with like different new institutions and like ways to try and like scam you and take advantage of your human needs but like ultimately we our instincts tend tend in the right direction yeah, i think somewhat altruistic in the end yeah speaking of which let's all send a mouse to tennessee let's just all ship a copy to a pick an address and just send right. it out and let's let her yeah. drop a comic now book that it's banned yeah i, I hope i pick the right state but when you see it creeping here like and uh it's so dumb like the it's, yeah. like that particular sliver the mouse banning was just so like well, it says damn in it. It's like that's that's the part you were worried about. It's like, uh, it's yeah, we're doing yeah. the same thing here, but dumber, which is just so hard to watch the spiral yeah. of. Yeah, it's somehow dumber than idiocracy in the end. And the American ad for our colony would be like, are you tired of critical race theory being taught in your school? Like, you know, that would be one of the banner oh, like yeah. headlines of the pitch to get like Americans out to Paraguay and it's exhausting. Right. It's just so then, painfully stupid. Exactly. You sick of you sick of the your community becoming uh, darker? Well, come on down to Little St. Jeff's Island. Uh, where we honor Joe people. Rosen's definition of darker, where we rate your skin according to this paint sample and try to right, figure yeah. out exactly what kind of black we would call you. Yeah, Jesus they're like, Christ. well, boy, let's see, maybe this one. But I feel like it could be like the new villages, right? Are like escape colonies for people who are so vile. Because they realize they're like, man, I'm pretty much like a, just a pariah in my community, but I have the means <laughs> to do something. Let me just live in Pariah Island and, you know, we'll just melt down together. Okay. I mean, I say that I'm talking from a five acre campland in the desert. I really have no license to be like, who are these people going to this isolated <laughs> place? I've created it. If my ideas sound appealing to you, come and join me out here in this hard scrabble environment. I'm just kidding. Don't come. There are signs <laughs> that say don't enter. But still, you know, it's a. Uh, I really can't come for people who've decided to retreat a little bit. Right. I just hope well, I'm doing it from not a completely Jones different reason. It's not like <laughs> freedom fry compound. But you're not saying like my personal philosophy is inc incongruent with being a good human being. <laughs> like that's where they're at. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. Dude, people have probably heard the news about mouse being banned in Tennessee, but that yeah. And then you made reference to a Joe Rogan clip that. He's apparently just like openly, openly racist. Like I, di I didn't realize that until like I saw this latest batch of clips. But he's just straight up, yeah. Like, hey, I mean, it's like it's like you didn't. We had enough evidence before those clips to be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just put that on the waste pile right there. Yeah, yeah, there you go. yeah, yeah for go. sure. All right, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. And we're back. And I just wanted to touch briefly on the work of this writer, Alec Karakatsanis. I think we're going to try and have him on the show, but he laid out a story like the, the reality behind a story that was making waves a few weeks back in the mainstream media that like train theft is like this organized crime problem that needs to be addressed. This guy had taken a video at like a train yard in L.A., that w like went viral was like all over like went mainstream media viral like it was like picked up by reporters and then the new york times wrote a story about it it was all over the front page of drudge and so alec sort of took apart the new york times article by just like looking at the sources that they actually used 
in the article. Mm-hmm. Um, because the article is like, basically, this is an out-of-control problem and the police are are having trouble controlling it. And it's totally new also. People have never been doing <sighs> things like this in the history of our Robbing country. trains in America? Never. Yeah. yeah. Like, even including, like, my grandfather who used to steal coal off a train in Chicago, like, like in the Depression. Like, Look that's at you, Bruce Cassidy. Yeah, it was like a time on, I mean, not a time honor thing, but this is nothing new. But uh, but I, I love the angle this time to just always kind of bring it to, like, it's such an issue. Like, what's happening to our TVs? Yeah. First of all, the, per, the reporter who happened to catch this viral piece of video is a big pro-police reporter. The New York Times article, the sources are authorities, in quotes, okay. LAPD captain, okay. the police, in quotes, okay. LAPD <laughs> captain, twice more, okay. railroad corporation, twice, railroad <laughs> corporation spokesperson, okay. association of American railroads, okay. LAPD captain, assistant <laughs> professor of marketing, <laughs> so, uh, railroad corporation, railroad spokesperson, uh, DA, LAPD captain five more times. Five golden rings <laughs> for railroad corps. <laughs> Two Association of American Railroads. One LA the police and an assistant professor of marketing. <laughs> marketing. <laughs> the fact that it's a professor of marketing. How do they even fit that in? It's like, well, I, I know a professor. So yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I'm about to be tenured. Feel like we. We need to spartan this up a little bit because it's all just cops being like, we need more bang bangs. Well, well, I know a professor. <laughs> yeah, right. Kind of. A, an assistant professor. My brother. <laughs> Sadly, it's PD one of those doctors play. that smoke in the beginning of 1960s infomercials. Like, right. right. <laughs> like, I'm a doctor and I smoke Winston cigarettes. Yeah, like, they're all the right. smoothest. They're good for your healthy nerves. Uh, he also points out like that this was exactly how the story that went viral right before Christmas was constructed with the, uh, you know, national wave of smash and grab coordinated retail theft. And then the stories about how like Rite Aid or CVS or one of those Walgreens was like hemorrhaging money from all this theft. And he had also taken apart the Chicago Tribune article which was all the sources were all police and CEO of retail lobbies or world <laughs> business Chicago or restaurant lobby. So it's all just business interest sort of collage mixed with police sources. And I just I feel like this shit is very effective because people oh, yeah. love to be scared of a new crime wave that is like affecting America or their community. There was this truly staggering Frank Luntz thing that I keep coming back to where they like sat down with a panel of quote undecided voters who all seemed to be decided about the one big problem with America being that we've defunded the police and now crime is out of control, which Alec in in this thread points points out that 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 was not a thing that happened. Nobody got defunded. Like he, he was like, here are the things that they don't mention in in the piece that the LAPD already has an astonishing three billion dollar budget. Most of it is spent on low level traffic, drugs, homelessness, and mental illness related stuff. The LAPD is in the midst of a big budget fight, trying to get a twelve percent increase. And the LAPD and LA Sheriff together have sixty seven full time employees working on PR and propaganda. They spend so much money and time planting these sorts of stories. Right. Or to like fuck with the work of people like, you know, Cerise Castle, who's like, uh, like actively like unmasking them and then them constantly having like, you know, harassment campaigns or just making life difficult for people who are trying to like, you know, shine a light on this. Yeah. And the flip where it's like these teenagers pushed an ambulance to pick up this unattended 94-year-old grandma. Like, let's give them a gold medal, where, like, the mainstream media also normalizing conditions of our decline as being heroic or adorable or somehow, like, the $3 billion that you just brought up, it's a straight line between, like, it's fine that this is happening and, like, these guys need more money. Like, there's not a a difference in those where, like, Well, that money should go to like actually repairing our crumbling infrastructure that's making all these like that's making 
like a GoFundMe, get a 17 year old car for a woman who walks through the snow to get to a minimum wage job. Like that's not a feel good story. That's mm-hmm. a community depleted of resources because there's a, an insidious straw drinking their milkshake. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love a My references are dated if they're like timeless, right? Is that just hey, no, he's <laughs> okay. from the Valley? You know, that's a classic. I <laughs> But just elsewhere, he pointed out that the L.A. sheriff in the aftermath of the racial justice protests had 42 employees doing misleading PR in an information bureau costing millions. And the strategic communications director made $200,000 a year. Oh, my God. Head boot throater gets 200 grand. Yeah. Damn. Damn. That's not enough blood money. Like, that's a ton of money. That's a shit ton of resources for one job to go to that, like, shouldn't even exist. But also, that is not enough money to sell your soul. Like, yeah, it's just not. You got taxes. You got all sorts of shit coming off the top of that. Like, that is blood money. You don't. Yeah. Yeah. that You need fuck you money to pitch the police to the mainstream. Yeah. I just want to talk to that person. Be like, do you know what your your job actually is? It's to, like, maintain billions of dollars. In budget. <laughs> yes, sir. Did they not show like, you those numbers? <laughs> to completely sustain our rapid decline and regression as a society. Okay, well, do it for two. I'm guessing it's like somebody who was promoted internally and like their other option is like doing Someone murders. Just... <laughs> <laughs> you know. But yeah, I don't know. This also kind of made me think of this uh, Chicago story where there are actually like starting to fund a very small pilot program but like an actual they're putting funding behind it where mental health resources are like a there's a number you can call instead of 911 i think it's 988 but mm. and like get mental health help instead of the police coming with guns drawn to you know panic and harm somebody mm-hmm. so i don't know that that made me think of that because I do think like that these reporters just have it in their head that like, well, if we need to if we want to find out what happened here, who do we talk to? Like after a tragedy, we can talk to the victim's family and we can talk to the police. And And also just the 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 nature, the relationship between like local news and police is sort of like y'all give me stories so I can say things on the news that'll make people watch the fucking news. Yeah. And I'm not going to challenge a fucking thing you say, because then I lose my scoops on things. Right. And so everything's already fucked up, like, because of it's like, yeah, where it's everything is so uh, interconnected in terms of like the motivations on why to do it. While I'm sure you think of many like local reporters are just like, they just look at it as like, well, that's my job is to talk with the people you like, you know, like that are that are helping keeping us safe. And I don't know. I don't I don't know any some I don't know someone who's destitute to talk to. And also, I don't think that's what the news should be about. It's, it has to be like a movie where Commissioner Gordon speaks after. a Right. Crime. Yeah, exactly. We still lend weight to like whatever an official voice is. And there's not a counter with equal society, societal like clout that, you know, there's no balance to what the voice of the police is there's no other institution for human welfare in our society that's like recognized as an official our officials are in the criminal justice system for whatever those three words uh incongruously mean it's a weird conundrum where i mean again back to the fascists that are trying to form their own community we're still weird apes who enjoy a hierarchical order and want to look for the voice that we should listen to in a situation. And uh, right. societally, we still make that cops. We still make that representatives with like recognition that we've assigned. And we don't really have a parallel. We don't recognize yeah. like, you know, you'd bump up a quote from a cop and a social worker's at the bottom of an article, even though institutionally, like perhaps building some balance in how we perceive those jobs. I mean, right. But then, yeah. no, look, it's a whole thing. But yeah, we don't really have a balance for those voices. And that no. is a weird position for reporters. Yeah, for all for all the LAPD captain quotes, like where's the one from a sociologist or a community activist or organizer or someone who can actually explain what the condition of human beings would be that would create things like this? It's not because it's a bunch of bored, rich yeah. people. You know, like it, it, but again, that's that's a bridge too far, and it's just easier to be like, "Oh man, so people are just stealing stuff, huh?" And they're like, "Yeah," and it's like expensive, man, millions yeah. in like losses. 
Yeah. And they had a quote from the sheriff being like, they're trying their hardest, but we just don't have the funding. We're just so un- understaffed. Here it is. They are really trying, but we were all under, but we are all understaffed, he said. It's one of those, it's the deadliest year on record for police in this police force. And then you discover it's all unvaccinated COVID, COVID deaths. And it's yeah. like, well, goddamn, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah. Jesus I do wonder Christ. if it's like a strategic communications director for police making $200,000 a year. If once you get to a certain size institution in the mainstream media, if like, it's not an option to report those stories. I'd love yeah. to have like, you know, well, where are the voices we should listen to at that scale? And I think at right. that scale, that's not a voice that's going to get heard that like, yeah. you know, all those interests are united. <laughs> the same people who make the stuff that's sold to the police are also making the media pitching the police. So it's really hard to like, separate them and if you're a reporter actually making money for writing and i don't know i feel like i'm generalizing uh, generalizing a group that's like working really hard but i can't Mm -hmm. imagine what it's like to be a journalist who's trying to tell these stories that are real news shedding light on things that should our society should know and care about and being silenced by these enormous institutions and their peers in a field like (laughs) what an interesting time in journalism where there's so much news to report and so much news not being reported by institutions that are technically yeah. hiring journalists. That's just got to be really tough. And I'm glad that you talked to those folk. <laughs> yeah. Well, we do need to talk about Blockbuster Video, we which do. is on everybody's mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Apparently, there's like a viral trend of people building full-scale video stores in their basements. <laughs> I love our pivots. <laughs> <laughs> yes. fucking, the media yeah. is fucked. We don't, we don't have a proper balance. All right, man, fuck it. We're at Blockbuster. Let's get back. (laughs) We need to. We need to. Yeah. So one guy in British Columbia is making a Blockbuster 2 in his basement and actually renting movies to people. Like everybody else, it seems like it's just like a very space inefficient way to house their uh, video collection or DVD (laughs) collection. But this person's actually like creating a, a place where people, you know, can come and rent videos from his home okay and there, there's also that documentary the last blockbuster on earth the theme or sort of the way that that movie leaves you you're like are they gonna last like one more year and right. it turns out like that it, it has vastly increased business uh, which obviously it has that that netflix documentary Netflix to the point that Netflix recently greenlit an entire comedy series starring Randall Park set in the last blockbuster in America. Okay. So last blockbuster in America is killing it. Unfortunately, crypto enthusiasts are attempting to buy the blockbuster brand. (laughs) Blockbuster Dow wants to raise $5 million to buy blockbuster from one of the owners or from the owners, which is dish network, I guess who I get, I'm guessing are not going to do that since they just reached that deal with Netflix. But yeah, they, they're, the Dow goal is to turn Blockbuster into a st- streaming service powered by Blockbuster crypto tokens and also hey. featuring original film and gaming content. Dude, hell yeah. Blockchain, Blockbuster. We yeah. got it it's, right it's there. It's just right there. Yeah, just sitting. Yummy. But, uh, you know, JM points out that like I, this ties perfectly into what we've been talking about the whole time that like the reason people are nostalgic for blockbuster is it was a time when we got to leave the house and see people in our community in the context of like looking at movies and talking about movies and you know looking feeling at like cover a kid. Of movies yeah i mean it's the same shit honestly like because a lot of people like there's all kinds of, i see like viral tiktok videos too of people like turning their basements into like these like retro spaces I, it it really like people are looking for that comfort of like just regressing into like their childhood nostalgia. And I'm telling you, I said this before, we just need to buy an old abandoned mall and get shit kind of looking like 93 in there. And you can people will fucking I, I'm telling you, I, I can only imagine if you had a food court with like old shit. It feels like the 90s. Somehow people can be like, this is like where I always needed to be. Right. <sighs> And I, I can and I see that with the blockbuster stuff because it, it connects to me, too. I'm like, yeah, that would be like, fuck it. If there was something like that, I'd probably go just to have that feeling of like, you know, like even at Blockbuster, like finding the video you wanted, you'd like curse the heavens if someone else rented it. You're like, fuck. Right. Earth girls are easy. 
is out again <laughs> with a power trio of Jeff Goldblum, David, Damon Wayans, and Jim Carrey. It's so slept on. All right, who rented cereal, Mom? Right. I... <laughs> uh, are these your pussy willows? Oh, man, I love that. I love that movie. In the 93 mall, like you would, like the teenagers who deal weed there would be forced to deal really shitty weed. Like from yeah. like 1993. Or dude, weed. fuck it. You just build a dispensary in there, but you, well, you yeah. license it. So you buy it from a guy in a Pearl Jam t-shirt. <laughs> you know what I mean? The dispensary, yeah. like they're just guys. You'd be like, hey, 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 you got weed. And like, they've got like a bunch of like legit retail cannabis. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. cash. Yeah, it's yeah, already yeah. taxed. But then right. you can like, and then go to part of the parking lot where mm-hmm. you can smoke it. It's just Toyota Camrys with like smoked right. out cloth yeah. interiors. Yeah, you I park off site and get picked up by a, a fleet. Yeah, you get picked up by a fleet of Ubers that are just like mall cars from that era, like or like a, Dodge caravans, like with yeah. the wood panel siding, like your <laughs> yeah. parents would drive. I was gonna say like a minivan with, but with the lights underneath it. That was, that was one. <laughs> yep, that was guy a thing. at our malls, like kind of. Dope. Oh, he had an underglow kit. Underglow kit on a on his mom's might went white minivan. Um, <laughs> yeah. Such a power move, power yeah. swag. I love it. Oh, that mall would be a huge hit. Anyway, look, that's why y'all got to buy Zeitcoin, you know, so we can raise the capital. Yeah, because <laughs> the ninety three right. mall Dow, oh. the decentralized autonomous organization, is looking for you know to put that capital together. Moonfall is like premiering on IMAX with like a bunch of NFTs that you can like get, which I don't know what the fuck that like, but apparently I don't know. That just forever cements that movie as being stupid as fuck in my mind, (laughs) but maybe it'll be good. We'll see. Yeah. Hey, and look out for the first episode ever of Daily Zeitgeist to come out as an NFT, folks. You know, you're going to want to get on that. Yeah. Yeah. Big, big money. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Yes, oh, yeah. yes, sirs. Sorry, I use conventional money, and most of my art is in a physical media. It is so. It was always so fun to talk to you guys. Thanks for having where can, me. Uh, where can people find you, follow you, buy your stuff? Uh, yeah, uh, Caitlin Gill Comedy, or well, so guarantee shirts, guarantee shirts.com. Come check out the teas, get a tea. Uh, the Zyking is always has been so supportive of my little venture, and if anybody needs a tea, I got you. Yeah, otherwise Caitlin is tall on Twitter or uh or excuse me on Instagram or robot Caitlin on Twitter if I could remember any of my socials. But if you do follow me, you'll observe that I've tweeted nothing for like a year. I'm free. I'm free. I exist. There you go. Only looking at I say that I look at Twitter for like too many hours a day. I do nothing. I wallflower really <laughs> hard on social media, but I'm pleased with that place for myself. Still follow me, the numbers make me feel good. Yeah, yeah. But otherwise I really did just move and I am sitting, I'm broadcasting from my little t shirt lab, which it took a long time to get this back up. I'm just really proud that it is up and running again. It was a little scary to have it down. So if y'all want to give me a workout in here, I'd be delighted to spend a little time in the T-Lab. I'm really happy that I have a, it has like the biggest space I've ever had for it. I get to do a bunch of cool new stuff. It's really awesome to have finally landed in a cute little home for my cute little t-shirt adventure. And yeah, yeah. 420dayfiance.com uh, for the best in podcasting merch. Yeah. Little secret that is brewed in the merch kitchen by Caitlin Gill. So I'd be happy to cook up any any teas for the 420 Day Fiance community. Come on out, check out the merch. It's awesome stuff. And yeah, I got some more I need to put up for you. But thanks for letting me get all settled. My photo oh, yeah, box yeah, is up. Yeah. I'm gonna take some cool pictures of you guys. I'm still- look, look, it's all it's 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 all it's all happening. It's all happening. It's all you know, happening just, though. It's happening. Gotta check out get the shirts, teas. So they're all very good. And Caitlin, is there a tweet or some other work of social media you've been enjoying? Yes. So I'm going to turn to Zach Reiner, Zach Reiner Zero on Twitter. Always a worthy follow. Kid Rock makes music for people who know the exact legal amount of Sudafed you're allowed to buy at Walgreens. (laughs) I mean, and that is the coolest thing about Kid Rock. You know, yeah, that's about (laughs) it. That's the maximum cool. Zach just really has a way with words. And, you Mm. know, that description was so accurate and vivid that I thought it deserved the shine. I feel like I've used his tweets before because he's really funny. But if you don't follow Zach, follow him. And his album, Boatload of Jokes, is real good. Yeah, yeah. Miles, where can people find you? What's a tweet you've been enjoying? Find me on uh, Twitter and Instagram uh, at Miles of Gray. 
And also, you know, check out 420 Day Fiance, as Caitlin said. Uh, yeah. If you like that re- reality trash discourse, come on by. A uh, tweet I like is from Ellie Crimendall uh, at Ellie Crimendall tra- uh, tweeted, 10 years before I knew I had ADHD, I took Adderall at a music festival. My friends were all jacked up and dancing, but I was like, it's suddenly manageable for me to sit calmly under this tree and reply to some text messages. <laughs> <laughs> I remember being in a situation huh. like that, like taking Adderall in college and like some person was like, wait, dude, I'm not feeling it. <laughs> 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 so I, I, I hear you, Ellie. Yeah, yeah. Some tweets I've been enjoying. You can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. Liking things such as Caleb Huron tweeted, if we're going to keep the Supreme Court, they should have to live together in a content house. The world is changing. <laughs> evolve or die. I, I think that's right. <laughs> Nine justices picked to live in the house for the rest of their lives. Yeah. See what happens when they refuse to retire. And then uh, at female boyfriend tweeted, college admission essays were crazy. They really had kids writing about seeing their mother die in a car crash just to get into Boston (laughs) University. (laughs) 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 And then Glizzy Gladiator tweeted, why people named Deborah always go by Deb and never (laughs) bruh. Something to think about Deborah. Deborah's. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes on our footnotes, where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as a song that we think you might enjoy. Miles, what song do we think people might enjoy today? Oh, well, well, well. Uh, I was very pleasantly surprised to see that, you know, there's a, a Tom Green, or Tom Tom Green, Tom York, Tom York is making some new music with, a with Johnny Tom Greenwood. Green. Oh. Yeah, and Tom Green, fuck it. So it's, it's a power trio. Uh, but no, Tom York and Johnny Greenwood and uh, the drummer from, I forget what the band is, they have a group called The Smile, and they have a new track out called The Smoke, and it's dope. Like, it's... You know, it's Tom York and Johnny Greenwood, so it'll have, uh, if you like Radiohead, it'll definitely evoke something as you listen to it. But this drummer is also, like, you know, funky with it, too. So this track is kind of, it's got a lot of bass, picked bass in it, really cool bass line in it. So this is The Smoke by The Smile. And the chorus goes, Daddy, would you like some sausage? Sausage, sausage? yep. Uh, mm-hmm. All right, sorry. My bum is on the Swedish. <laughs> The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That's going to do it for us this morning. We're back this afternoon to tell you what's trending, and we will talk to y'all then. Bye. 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 Bye.